Greetings and welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Anastasio. This is episode 69. It is Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. Welcome back, guys. Um, hopefully you had a chance to check out episode 68, which we published a couple days ago. Uh, talked all about uh, why it helps to um, <laughs> create content that's polarizing, that creates, um, you know, without being offensive, without being uh, controversially provocative, uh, but maybe goes right up to the water's edge and uh, creates sort of a, a compelling need or, or want in your audience to comment on your content, either supporting it or disagreeing with it, maybe even commenting on each other's comments to sort of build up even more of that social proof. Um, and I think, you know, one thing I actually don't think I harped on enough in that episode, so I just want to do a little cleanup here, guys, is if you say, well, why, Chris? You know, why, why am I doing that? What is, how is that going to help me? Well, we talked in the episode about why it helps from sort of an audience perspective, uh, you know, in terms of, of you, know, w- you know, why they would want to do that in the first place because you were giving them valuable content and all this kind of stuff. But from a technical perspective, this is the part I don't think I really covered what, very well, is that platform algorithms love to see that sort of thing. And not only that, so this is the part to really harp on now, it promotes you in your organic reach and ranking. Okay, so if you are making content that creates compelling uh, uh, reactions from your audience and the algorithm picks up on that, it's going to treat you favorably, but not only that, you are going to get better and better organic reach. You are going to see your TikTok video get viewed more. You are going to see your Instagram reel go further. You are going to see your you know, YouTube video uh, shown in suggested videos more often. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's definitely a situation where it's not only this, sort of this existential benefit to your reputation and to your, and to your, uh, you know, to your ability to reach your audience, but it's also important from a very technical, very tactical level within the algorithm and the platform. So just want to clean that up, guys. If I did cover that, you know, sorry for repeating it, but it does bear repeating. So, uh, so no harm done. Uh, anyway, with, with that being said, guys, I want to get on to episode 69 and I want to go back to something we've talked about before, uh, but way back. I mean, I think you got to go all the way back to some of our very early episodes. We talked about um, what, what I like to call philosophical assets. Uh, I'm actually trying to find the exact episode for you guys if you want to check it out. Um, if you go to, let's see. Uh, making this. Um, hang on one second. I will get the episode number for you guys. So I really would like you guys to check it out, and I think it's the kind of thing that you, you, you almost need to have listened to for this episode to have its full impact, although you, don't, you, know, you can still listen to this without listening to that. Um, episode 37, there we go. So February 18th, 2022, episode 37, What Are Philosophical Assets? Uh, so, so, so basically, at the very, very high level, without repeating that entire episode, philosophical assets are sort of, you know, intellectual property, I would say, maybe intellectual property light um, that, that pertains to your business, your tagline, your slogans for your products, um, your vision, your mission. And the reason I say intellectual property light is because these aren't necessarily things that automatically should be trademarked or, or service marked. I mean, in many cases, it, it could be prudent to do that just to be absolutely certain nobody comes along and rips them off. Uh, but, but the reason I don't pound the table about that 
is because you're writing things or you're creating these assets, these sort of statements, these sort of creative ways of describing or conveying your business's uh, value proposition, and, and you're tying it back to your business, and you're the only one who has your business. So it's not highly likely that somebody would come along and lift your philosophical assets, but you never know. Somebody who's in the exact same line of work or sells a very similar product might come along and say, oh, that sounds pretty good, I'll use it myself. So you, you definitely like, if you're being ultra cautious, you, you could argue, you can make an argument for making these things into intellectual property. But the point is, guys, these are the things that you use to sort of market your business at that very top level. These things, you know, you put on your, your brochures, you put them in your, you know, on your, your, your uh, social media platform profiles. You know, you always have these opportunities to kind of, you know, talk about what your vision is, talk about what your mission is on your website, for example. So philosophical assets are things that, um, at that very, very macro sort of existential level, they, they, they quantify and qualify your business. Uh, they capture the essence of your business, okay? So the, the one that I wanted to talk to you guys about today, I wanted to specifically talk about it because I saw something that sort of triggered me into thinking about this. And it was, I ran across, forget where it was, I think it was a presentation somebody was doing about LinkedIn marketing or something to that effect. Um, and they put up LinkedIn's vision statement. And I'm gonna read it to you guys now. And I want you to notice something really important about it, which I will point out to you. Uh, and that is, quote, this is LinkedIn's vision statement, quote, create economic opportunity for every member of the global workforce, unquote. Now, again, economic opportunity for every member of the global workforce. Now, if we break that vision statement, and, and, and by the way, guys, what, why am I listening to LinkedIn's vision statement right now, Chris? It's because I want to get you guys to think bigger on your vision statements. I want you guys to go really big on your vision statements. Now, mission is different. Mission is a little bit more down a layer or two. It's a little more in the practical realm of reality. It's a little, it speaks a little bit more to what you do sort of operationally day to day, week to week, month to month. So I'm not talking about your mission. And people get mission and vision confused a lot. So definitely, if you're developing those statements for the first time, go out there and do some research on the difference between them or look up examples. That's probably a better thing to do, actually, guys, than looking up a description is to actually look at companies' vision and then look at their mission and see how they differ. Okay, but if we're focusing on vision right now and we're kind of digging into that a little bit, um, I want you guys to, to, to kind of think about it as how big can I go? You know, how, how big can I kind of blow this thing out? Because if you stay small on your vision, guys, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to resonate. People are going to pick up on that. And let's take a look at this LinkedIn vision statement for a second. Let's break it into three pieces. Okay, first off, they're talking about creating economic opportunity. Now, that's a pretty bold statement, right? That's kind of saying, like, we can make things happen for you economically, right? Because we can create that opportunity for you, okay? So there's that. Right off the bat, they're saying a pretty bold sort of action statement, right? Create economic opportunity. The second part is like, well, for whom? So for whom is every member? So think about those two words for a second, guys. Like, and, and we'll get to the third piece, kind of connects to the second piece. But before we even get there, look at this. Every member. <coughs> Excuse me. Every. I mean, linger on that word for a second. It doesn't say most. It doesn't say a lot. It doesn't say a high percentage. It doesn't say pretty much everyone. It says every member. Okay, and then in part three, it sort of further qualifies that. And so it does narrow it a little bit, but it says of the global workforce. Well, 
Last I checked, guys, there's almost 8 billion people on the globe, and quite a few of them are in the quote-unquote workforce. Now, arguably, you could say not everybody's in a, you know, a digital capacity, sort of like seeing that LinkedIn is available or even being on LinkedIn. So obviously there's some qualifiers that you and I understand to be true, but that are conveniently disregarded by this vision statement. In other words, they're not refuted, but they're not accepted either. They're just left out. And so LinkedIn just sort of puts a laser focus on this combination of every member of the global workforce. Okay. And again, you know, it's kind of saying like, I'd say it leans more inclusive than not, because even if somebody isn't on LinkedIn or doesn't think they should be on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is kind of hinting here that maybe you should be. Maybe you should have a profile on there. Maybe you will gain from connecting with people on there. So you should have a profile there, right? So they're certainly not obviating that from happening uh, or people thinking that way by having a vision statement like this, okay? So I just, I want you guys to really think about I'm giving you some other examples too. I don't want to leave you with just one example. I'm going to give you a couple others that do this same sort of thing that you can chew on. But this is really, really a big, big statement here um, that's, I mean, in my opinion, it's, it's one of the more impressive vision statements that I've seen. Um, and I think that you can, you can take a lesson from it just by starting at that point of saying everyone, every member, every person, okay? So let's take a look at a couple other guys that jumped out in this very same manner. I'm not saying everybody's statement does this. I've actually seen a bunch that don't do this, and I think they're kind of missing the boat a little bit. But let's take a look at, at some of these other sort of like, like super inclusive vision statements that, that sort of leave nothing to the imagination in terms of what they're trying to say. So the BBCs, now this, I'm drawing from something from 2021, so it's possible that some of these have changed. But if they changed, these are some of the really good ones that I don't think should have changed. Okay, but BBC's as of 2021, quote, to be the most creative organization in the world, unquote. I mean, let's look at this, guys. Most creative, that's saying something, right? I mean, like, how many organizations are creating in this world? Millions upon millions? And BBC is saying they want to be the most creative, the number one, okay? And then they say in the world. So they, they don't limit it to anything on top of this globe, <laughs> okay? I mean, maybe in the galaxy would be another step they could take. But the most creative, that's the first part, in the world, that's the second part, okay? So why don't you guys take a look at that one. Um, let's see, uh, okay, let's take a look at Instagram. Capture and share the world's moments. Once again, not stopping at, uh, you know, not stopping at some smaller subset there, but literally saying the world's moments, any human being, anywhere, any situation on this planet, they want to capture it and share it. So that's a really big, bold statement there by Instagram. Uh, oh, here's LinkedIn. So, okay, so LinkedIn's stayed consistent since 2021. I just saw this uh, the other day, but it, it shows them here as well. So, yep, they definitely should have been put here as an example. So glad to see that. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. Um, Okay, Nike, to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. So you almost see like, in some ways guys, an eerie pattern here of repetition or copycatting, right? So you just had, what's the one we just looked at? Um, yeah, uh, where was it? Um, every member 
of the global workforce for LinkedIn. Most creative organization in the world for BBC, now you have Nike, every athlete in the world. So what they do is, here's a formula guys, it's emerging. Take your audience that you can describe in one or two words and then take the world, okay, <laughs> you know, or, or the universe or whatever massive statement you want to make in terms of audience size and put the two together. You know, to provide world-class tax preparation service to every individual in the world. Now, you know, again, on first glance, if you're a three-person shop, you know, in, in uh, the middle of, uh, you know, uh, in the middle of uh, America, you might say, how is that, how could that be my vision statement? That doesn't even sound close to anything I'm going to accomplish. But it doesn't have to be. It's just something you're always striving for. If you're, if you're always striving for that, you're never going to stop short. You're never going to go smaller. So don't think of it as some kind of practical formula, okay? Hey, let me give you another example, guys. Um, let's see. Uh, Shopify, quote, to make commerce better for everyone, unquote. I mean, they don't even try to qualify their, their users. They're not saying for business owners. They're talking to both sides. They're talking to business owners and customers. So they don't even name them. They just say, make commerce better for everyone. Every single human being, all 7.7 .7 billion of them, right? So again, massive statement, massive, massive, incredible, uh, you know, um, um, reach to that statement, okay? Uh, let's see if there was another one here I wanted to... Okay, Whole Foods, to nourish people and the planet. Pretty big statement. It doesn't try to qualify them. It doesn't say how many people or which people or every people or anything like that, but it just says to nourish people and the planet. And I think it captures the fact that their audience isn't just the fact that people are consuming their food items or something like that, but it's also people who are very earth conscious. So they throw in the part about the planet. And now they've got their, their, their core audience captured with this vision statement. So again, guys, I don't want to read you know, 100 of these to you, but I wanted to give you an example of how big these things can get. And I mean, these are really big companies that probably aren't going to achieve these things. Okay, I mean, a couple of companies, yeah, pretty much have achieved world domination. I mean, you know, Amazon, et cetera, Apple, you know. So yes, occasionally a company actually does exactly what its vision statement says. But more often than not, the vision statement serves as a guidepost for where a company is trying to go, what, what ambitions it has, how big it's trying to project itself. And I think, you know, people could say, well, that, that still doesn't sound good because if you're trying to be too big, then you lose track of the little person, you know, you lose, lose track of your customers or whatever. Don't think of it that way, guys. I, I don't think that's the right way to think about it. I think you have to kind of look at it a little looser than that, you know, a little bit more um, like, you know, this, this is where you're being creative. This isn't where you're trying to be literal. This isn't where you're trying to be held to account. You know, nobody's going to check with you at the end of the year and see if you've served every single person on the planet. You know what I mean? So, so again, guys, this is, a, this is a, uh, um, a field you can run in very freely. I think when you do your mission statement, we'll do a separate episode on that at some point, but when you do your mission statement, you got to kind of tweak things and kind of tighten things down a little bit uh, in your mission statement. Uh, because generally speaking, your mission will be about executive type things you do to support your vision. Uh, but that's a whole, like I said, a whole other episode there, guys. So anyway, um, hopefully you guys got some good takeaways from here. Hopefully it sparks some discussion on your, on your vision statement and how to achieve that and how to get to where you want to go with that. Uh, but in the meantime, 
Uh, if you guys need help with your vision statement, if you want to consult with us about developing a great uh, vision statement for your business, we would love to be of service to you. You can reach out to us on Facebook and LinkedIn, Transform. Uh, come to our website, transform.com. Uh, and of course, as always, we appreciate you guys uh, liking our podcast episodes, sharing these episodes with friends and family, and subscribing to our podcast. So anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it there for you for this week. Again, we will be back next week to wrap up the first half of 2022 uh, with episodes 70 and 71. Sort of excited to get another milestone in as we head into the 70 block of episodes. Uh, but yeah, look out for something next week about mid-year review or what, what you guys can be doing to kind of audit your, uh, your progress thus far and things like that. We'll probably do either, either the 70 or 71 on that. And then we will have another episode as well that week. So anyway, guys, um, yeah, that's all for today. Again, reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, remarks, etc. cetera. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we will be back with you guys next week. Hope you guys have a great end of the week and a great weekend. So we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.